Weaver State fans, your ninth-ranked football team takes on number three-ranked James Madison this Saturday, September 18th, 6 p.m. Purchase your tickets now at WeberStateSports.com or by calling 801-626-8500. That's a huge game. James Madison routinely a semifinalist. Well, they're talking the about them moving up. They are. I read a story yeah. about the dominoes yeah. with the... First, the SEC makes their move. Then the Big 12 makes their move. And where is the American Athletic going to go? And James Madison was talked about moving up and maybe taking a big jump up. They were talking about how much they pay coaches and how many new buildings they have and what their athletic budget is. And James Madison, poised to make the jump. DJ and PK, it's time now to talk about the Utes. And the Aztecs, Matt Ortiz, co-host of the Sons of Montezuma podcast, joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. It's no secret that Utah's in an extreme drought. That's why Smart Rain is the solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation. Find out more at smartrain.net. Matt, good morning. Good morning, DJ PK. So, it has been a while since the Utes have seen the Aztecs. Obviously, the Aztecs went through a coaching change. Now they're going through a stadium change. But it looks like they can still run the ball really well, and they still have a really good running back. True story? You know, they sure do. We've had a great chance to sit down with Aztec starting running back Greg Bell. He is the focal point of the offense. I, I seen a crazy stat the other day in the last 50 games when the Aztecs run the ball over 200 yards. They're something ridiculous like 49-1. and one. Wow. So Greg Bell is going to be the focus. He's got an amazing journey. His story is one that in San Diego we're very familiar with. He originally wanted to come to state. Things happened on the on the grades side that he had to go to the JC route in Arizona Western, which proved to be very, very beneficial to him because he ended up going to Nebraska. Things didn't work out there. And now he's back home in San Diego and all Aztec Nation is extremely excited about it. Well, usually if you were a running back there, a really good one, in the recent years you've been an NFL guy. Uh, that, and those are just the facts of the situation. Is this kid an NFL guy? You know, I think he really is. And you hit, you, you hit something there because San Diego High School in particular has a really, really proud tradition of running backs. You can go back to Marcus Allen. You can go, you know, as recent as uh, Arian Foster. Uh, numerous Heisman Trophy Award winners. The, the kid is cut from the same cloth. His journey, like I said, just took him, you know, different paths. But the, the young man is uh, he's slippery, man. He, he gets through the line very uh, different ways. He's he's got a good uh, burst of speed and he's a tough kid. So can they throw the ball and have some balance? They had some big plays against Arizona. I watched the game, but it was tight end screens. It was little stuff and. Arizona guys running at each other and then missing tackles. and So all of a sudden it's a 75-yard play, but that's not the same as throwing the ball consistently. Certainly worked that night, but don't know that they'll have that working for them every week. Other defenses will tackle better. What do you think of the passing game? You know, it's it's yet to be seen. It, obviously, I was there at the game uh, last weekend in Tucson, and you know it was a great atmosphere. We were very excited to see how uh, the quarterback Jordan Brookshire and the offense was going to come out because we knew we were going to have to have a more balanced attack. But you know, hey, I know we haven't been in the same conference with Utah for what is it, ten, eleven years going on now. But there's definitely a a, a lot of respect 
that us in San Diego have for the program there in Utah. So we know we're not playing U of A anymore. This is not, <laughs> this is not, you know, a bottom team of the Pac-12. You know, we, we definitely respect. And so it's going to be interesting to see, you know, Jordan uh, came out a lot more confident than he did in that first game against New Mexico State, which, I mean, let's be honest, arguably is one of the lesser teams in all FBS. So it, w- it was definitely good to see him be uh, a lot more competent, a lot more confident in his play. But, you know, that, that Utah defense is, is a whole different animal coming in this week. So we saw the Aztec program really take off under Rocky Long, and then he leaves, and he turns 70 and goes over back to New Mexico's defensive coordinator, and they bring back Hoke, who was on the staff and obviously had been head coach before. How much, if anything, has changed in the philosophy of the Aztec program with Long leaving and Hoke taking over for a second time? You know, really not much. You know, obviously, uh, Brady Hoke, when he was first here, originally brought Rocky Long in as his defensive coordinator for those first two years. So really, it's just been, you know, we're very fortunate to have an extension of the same philosophy for all these years going strong. Now that, you know, Coach Rocky is back home in New Mexico, um, the the defense really hasn't changed philosophy. And and obviously this defense for the Aztecs, the a lot of senior leadership on that defensive line, the 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 linemen, the linebackers are all very, very familiar with the three three five scheme that was uh, brought here by Rocky. So they're they're definitely the strength of the team, strength of the defense. And I know that the new defensive coordinator, Kurt Maddox, he you know he's he's got all the tools, he's got all the uh, fun parts there to have some fun and dial up some. Uh, exciting uh, packages there in the defense. So it looks like they've been uh, carrying it on. Do you expect them to blitz a lot because the Utah offensive line struggled with blown assignments against BYU? Do you think that they will bring a lot of exotic blitzes, give them different looks, try to confuse them, and and then take advantage of some more blown assignments? Well, you know, that's always the goal, right? With the three-three-five, you want to give that offense some different looks that they're not used to and disguise where your blitzes are coming from. So, you know, the last two weeks, uh, it, it didn't really require much of that because the, the pressure that our, our front three and four were giving was, was well enough. Um, and the secondary on the back end, which was probably our biggest question mark on the defense. You know, they held their own. We even got some coverage sacks. But with this Utah team, you know, uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see some new wrinkles, some new uh, disguises coming in there. So I think in a game like this where the two teams are are just obviously defensive-minded teams, it's going to take something a little different from both sides to throw the other defense off. Now, it benefits us, I think, in a certain ways that we've been able to see BYU play our previous two opponents. So a lot of game film watching on our part to see, okay, what did BYU do? to finally get over that hump and and beat Utah. Um, easier said than done, though. So we'll, we'll have to see. So the game's in Carson, two hours away to the north. Uh, Utah's travel roster, I got it right in front of me, that they took down to Provo the other night. They had 20 guys from uh, at least uh, within a two, three-hour drive of this stadium, and a lot of them within <laughs> literally minutes of the stadium uh, in yeah. the, right there in the Southern California area. So there's going to be a lot of Utah fans there. 
uh, big game, Pac-12 opponent and all that. Uh, what's going to be the atmosphere? Because it's a real funky situation. I can't think of a team playing its home games two hours away from its campus. You know, it really is. You know, all Aztec Nation is very excited. Next season is the grand opening of our new Aztec Stadium. It's uh, it's going to be amazing. That that environment is going to be something that uh, this program has never seen before. Southern California is is going to get a treat. But this season, this one last final year playing in Carson, you know, it's uh, it's it's not ideal. It's not definitely not ideal. But um, this game is being billed as a blackout. So our fans can come out and get excited. You know, if on our perspective, if we could pull this one out, obviously it sets our season up for a little, a lot more of an interesting possibilities. So I know our fans are excited. Like you said, there's a lot of not just L.A. kids. There's a few San Diego kids there on the youth roster. So I know they will be very well represented. But, uh, man, I, I think it's going to be a fun atmosphere. Uh, it's a lot different than playing in the old uh, Qualcomm Jack Murphy uh, decrepit stadium so no matter what man we're enjoying it tailgating it's going to be a beautiful atmosphere outside and uh, yeah looking forward to it well man thanks for a few minutes we appreciate it look forward to the game on Saturday thanks for coming on appreciate the olive branch guys sonsofmontezuma.com Matt Ortiz co-host of the Sons of Montezuma podcast covering San Diego State football I find a level of what's a word Intrigue into this game? That was exactly the word. When you said a level of, I thought intrigue is the next word. Not passion, because it's non-conference and they don't play that much, but... But the Utes just lost. The Utes just lost. They've never gone and one and two in the league. That they do that they did poorly in that BYU game are things San Diego State, well, they could do well and maybe they can take advantage of that. Was that a, a one-off for whatever reason? Who? Utes? For the Utes? And they're gonna they're gonna get it together, because in a three three five, Matt's right. The whole point of having a three three five is you're usually gonna bring a fourth or fifth guy, but you have no idea which linebacker, defensive back is coming. And so for blown assignments and guys coming free and disrupting plays, the three three five is kind of built to do that. Confuse you. And this is a team that had, in Kyle's own words, the offense had a lot of mental mistakes. They had blown assignments. So also. Defensively, man, they gave up a couple hundred yards rushing. In San Diego State, they're built to run the ball. That is built. They, they run it, they run it, they run it. They throw it once in a while. It's not quite the lopsided thing you see with the service academies and with Air Force. But after that, then they're about as lopsided as it gets. Well, it's lopsided in the pro-style sense, not from the option sense. They're not trying to deceive you. Right, it's not trying to see you. They're just going to run. <laughs> yeah. But it, but it's you know they don't throw a lot. But when they throw, they try to hit on a big play. Uh, yeah, but they're not going west coast. They're not going to throw the ball on three straight snaps. I wouldn't think. Oh, neither are the Utes. Uh, I think that to me, the level of intrigue is the way they respond. Whittingham's a tough guy, and it's one thing to lose, but the one thing to get dominated and to lose and the th- trenches on both sides. Yeah, and right. so I'm expecting a substantially better effort. And there's so many of these kids that just live within. Yeah, we had Nick Ford on. And he was, of the he sta- was talking. The arena yeah. stadium. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I know exactly, literally, where Nick Ford lives. Lived close by myself, so he's going to have all sorts of people. All these kids are going to be fired up, and yeah. then they're going to be fired up because they lost. Easy for a lot of these kids to bring fifty or a hundred people. Oh, as many as they want. Right. 
The tickets will be there. It's a 27,000 seat stadium. It's not going to be full. Well, you see that when they play in a Coliseum in Rose Bowl. Having been down for every game that the Utes have played in the Rose Bowl or in the Coliseum, I've literally been there every single game. You get there early, you walk around, and you see them. Red upon red upon red. And the parents or the families, because they have some form of identification, Mm -hmm. that's my son. That's my nephew. They're wearing whatever. new gear. So Maybe they make. You can figure make, out the connection. Sometimes they make T-shirts, yeah, and there'll the, be twelve people yeah. with the family T-shirt. You, and, you literally see it. Yeah. And so all these kids are going to be sky high to play this game, and they get to go back uh, next month too in the Coliseum. But after Saturday, wow! I mean, that was such a downer. I'm really excited to see how the Utes respond to this. Now, I think this is a decent opponent. It's not anything that you can just roll over and, and cream. by, and You just can't. I think they're good enough. It's not Arizona State beating up on UNLV. Or San Diego State beating up on Arizona. Uh, so I'm excited for this game to see what they can do, and I'm glad it's the Suns actually going to be out for a good portion of the game. That's rare. And uh, to see what they can do. They need to to get it back and get it back quick. You lose this game. Yikes. Oof. Oof. Yeah, you've gone 0-2 against Division I non-Power 5 teams. That's not good. And, And it's funny because for pretty much the better part of, what, seven, eight years, the Utes media-wise has been nothing but love. Well, there would be very little love at this level. Yeah, there'd be very little yeah. love. What's up you've, with you guys? You've lost one non-conference game in a decade, and then you lose two in eight days. I don't see it. But if it were to happen, I mean, they're, they're used to being. Oh man, those guys—they play tough brand of football. And if yeah. a second straight team runs for two hundred yards on them, because that's how San Diego State wins. <laughs> yeah, right. That goes against everything that the program has stood for for thirty, 30 years. years. Absolutely. <laughs> totally agree. You just can't. It's bad enough. You got. It's happened where they've gotten beaten up in the line of scrimmage before, but it doesn't happen very often, and it shouldn't happen back-to-back. Oh, no. We could still recite the one time it happened to Urban because it's so rare. New Mexico. Yep. <laughs> right? And how many years was that? It's almost— 2003. Uh, it's 18 yeah, years ago. Yeah. And we can still see it, and we're still stunned by it. UNLV? Who was that little bowling ball running back the night they beat the Utes 27-0 that launched Kyle's 41-7 and run or whatever it was? Well, going back to the new— Yeah, so I suspect they'll accord themselves well. Going back to the New Mexico thing, Rocky Long was the head coach of that New Mexico team. I'm excited for this game, and Rocky's— His imprint is Rocky still on the Aztec is, You know who Rocky is in a football sense? He's Jerry Sloan. Oh, no, he's Jerry, Jerry Sloan. Sloan. Okay. I can see that, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Older dude— and no I still nonsense. wouldn't mess with them. Yeah, right. oh, no, 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 chance. no nonsense. Right to the point. <laughs> yeah, just as direct. We've as had possible. we had him on the show multiple times in his New oh, Mexico. We go twice a, awesome, twice a year. Awesome. He interview. would always. He would be the one coach. Yeah, I can remember back when we were at thirteen twenty yeah. in the studio. We we could count on him. BYU Utah week every single year. I grew to love the guy. Yes, and then I would interview him at down at. Uh, uh, Mountain West Media Days, yeah, you felt like you were 
always talking to your father and you wanted to sit up straight because you wanted to impress him because if you slouched, he'd tell you to sit up straight. (laughs) (laughs) And Bronco spoke extremely high of him. So uh, I'm... And his imprint is still on the program. Absolutely. And if, it's very if, unusual. If you hadn't seen the cutaways of the Arizona game where they cut to the sideline, you see the coach, if you just watch the game, it would be easy to imagine he was still coaching the team. They ran the ball, they ran the ball, they ran the ball again. They threw a three-yard pass, the guy broke tackles. Well, unless Hoke's an idiot, why would he change? Yeah. Because it's clear that... Don't fix what that level, that style of football took San Diego State to levels that they hadn't been consistently in forty years when it was a totally different sport. Right, right, right. There were no recruiting limits. They were a JC program. There was no TV. There was no social media. It was a league of California schools. They were completely overmatching. Yeah. So why would you mess with that? No reason to. It's the talent in the program. It's the talent in the pipeline. It's the identity you've got when you're out recruiting. Yeah, so absolutely. Keep this doing is, it. This is what we've built, and yeah. we built it rather well. And then this new stadium. I was listen, I listened to this. Uh, uh, they have it uh, on Channel 84 on Sirius. It's College Football Network, mm-hmm. and they had him on. the The afternoon guy had on Hoke, mm-hmm. and they were just going on about their ability to run the ball. And then they were going on about this new stadium, and the host had seen the drawings and stuff of the mm-hmm. stadium, and this guy's just going nuts on how great it's going to be. That's really cool for them. It's going to be about half the size, so they'll be able to fill it because there's been no atmosphere because there's been acres of empty seats. Right. Because yeah, they didn't yeah. need a 70,000-seat stadium, as many college teams don't need when they play in NFL stadiums. No, not at all. Uh, so, yeah, so I'm... Uh, I'm very uh, eager to see what this stadium looks like when it's done because I'd been to the other stadium a hundred times to cover football and actually not to cover baseball but to watch baseball and uh, to see what they're going to get now. I'm excited for it. I, I don't know what it's going to do. Stanford got its stadium remodeled, downsized. It really hadn't done a whole lot. No. Uh, but what can it be for there? I, I don't know. Maybe it, maybe it doesn't matter. Or maybe it adds to where, yeah, people were thinking, well, if I can't go, not everybody can go to those other two schools to the north in the Pac-12. Why not go here? Pretty good brand of football. New stadium, San Diego. I think the comparison will have more uh, CSU. CSU Uh, got a new stadium, went on campus. It is on campus, yeah, and I have not been to it. It's supposed to be Uh, nice. This is supposed to be really nice. I was talking to... uh, Jerry Bovey, former Weber State ED, who's up at Utah State, and he actually yeah, brought yeah. it up with me. He said, have you seen that? I said, well, I've seen the drawings and the social media stuff they put out. He says, it is supposed to be really nice. He's like you. He said, he can't wait to go see it in person because he's heard such good things about it. Right. So, And it'll be on campus. It's been off, but that whole acres of parking that you may have tailgated in when you went to a bowl game down there or you went to a, a regular game, that, that's going to be the whole San Diego State West campus. They're building a second campus. The San Diego State's been landlocked for 30 years looking for a way to do this, and now they're doing it. So, 
All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Coming up next, everything you missed in this show, Lincoln Kennedy on the NFL, the crazy uh, Raider game, and his take on the Pac-12 South now. We'll get to all of that coming up. And Aaron Rodgers getting called out by a former teammate. We will get to that next. Stay with us.